here we go with another episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast episode, which is all about virtually learning, or learning on the fly. This episode is conducted by our Zest Wellness team members, Mr. Donovan Ingram and Mr. Naval Miller, as they conduct this podcast episode with a group of guests. And as we are about to press play on this episode... Keep in mind our other Zest Wellness resources, which are here to help you with your healthy habits. This includes our Zest Wellness webinars, our blog, our social media, our newsletters, and most of all, the Zest Wellness platform powered by Virgin Pulse. Here we go with the episode. addresses, boardroom meetings, and schools are now quickly replaced by the phrases such as emails, Zoom meetings, and virtual schools. Yes, you've heard correctly, virtual schools. Sounds interesting, right? Hi, my name is Naval Miller, and I'm a part of the great Zest Wellness team. And today, we're going to have an interesting discussion with some experts about online and virtual learning. On the panel, we have Dr. Joseph Ferguson. Uh, I ain't going to say the word lead but he is a mathematical professor at the University of the Bahamas. Uh, we have Mr. Cecily Flowers, a teacher at SC McPherson, and she also has a degree in mathematics. So we got some analytical thinkers on the panel for sure. Um, next up, we have um, two parents. We have Mrs. Janelle Marshall, and we have Ms. Alexandria Clare, one of our very own Zest Wellness rock stars. Welcome, everybody. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank good. you. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, I've been doing virtual learning myself for the past three years, right? So I have my own little perspective on it as a college student. Um, and it may be, you know, fair or it may be biased in some sorts. Um, and in fact, I've actually written an article on it called Tips to Virtually Learning on the Fly. Uh, which can be accessed by our, our Zest Wellness blog, www.zestwellnesscgiblog.com. I had to give that little shameless plug there. Um, so today, I want to hear from you guys' perspective, right? So I'm going to kick it off with Dr. Joseph Ferguson. Um, yes, so the sir. semester has just begun at the University of the Bahamas, right? Yes. Uh, and I've wondered, have you encountered any challenges thus far? I, I know you are animated type of um, educator, um, has that transition of, of, of moving those concepts, which you did in the physical sense, like when you write on the board and your, your explanations, how are you able to translate that on the virtual platform? And what are the challenges? Well, thanks for having me. It is a challenge, but it's a unique challenge that has many possibilities. Using the virtual environment now to teach, it will allow me as a professor 
to, to utilize technology that I would not normally have in the classroom. Um, we, we don't have smart boards in the classrooms. We don't really have smart devices in the classroom. But now that I'm in the virtual space, we are able to show videos. We are able to give more visual demonstrations. We're able to actually do diagrams that have animations in it so that the students can actually see the animation of what is actually happening before you just could have talked about it or show um, pictures of this is before, this is after, but now they can actually see the transition because in the virtual platform using Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Classroom, you can actually pause and actually bring on a video for them to see. And you, you don't get that in a regular classroom. So that has been a huge plus. Sharing materials, you know, you click a button and it's shared with everybody. So that has been a real bonus, um, teaching in the virtual platform. However, the challenges mm, are. I, I, that's you know, actually, hold a pause right there. That's actually a huge, huge benefit. And I wanted to chime on on that right there because even with me, um, I've seen now, you know, lectures have used even cartoons, right, to further explain um, um, a particular topic or subject. Um, back then, you guys, you know, you had to stand in front of the chalkboard and y'all was trying to draw, you know, some kind of animation or do hand signals. Now you're able to make it like, you know, like you said, on, or even on an animated basis where yeah. the information is, 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 you know, perfectly transmitted over to the student. No, I, I actually saw that benefit as well. Because I, I mean, I struggled with that. I mean, I, I, I've taught you, you know, my drawing skills are not the best. But <laughs> like, when I can pause and like bring on a YouTube video that has all of the nice animations in it, and you can incorporate those things inside your class, it does enhance your learning experience. You don't get that in the classroom, especially, um, Unfortunately, there are many classrooms that aren't equipped where you have a, a working projector, a working monitor, a working computer that has access to the internet so that you can do those functions. But now, because everyone's virtual, we have all of these things available at, at our fingertips. So we don't just have to tell the students, look at this link. No, we can show them the link and then show them exactly how mm -hmm. things are going to change and evolve um, as you learn. Right, right. Cecily, I wanted to know, you share the same sentiments as Dr. Ferguson on this, because I know you've, well, the school semester for SE McPherson hasn't began as yet, um, but nonetheless, you have, you've dabbled in it since the lockdown in March, right? So you guys yes, had, the, had to do the, one of the most quickest transitions ever, I, I know the man, in that space of time. So you know, share with me. I know he shared the benefits, right? I actually because he shared the benefits. So let's stick on the benefits. Share with me some of the benefits um, that you have experienced thus far using this virtual platform for students. Well, for me, I must say that for me, I'm a virtual learner. So mm -hmm. being in the classroom and being tech savvy, I've always tried to use technology in my classroom as much as possible. So the transition for me wasn't too difficult. It was just 
not actually having the bodies in the classroom, but now having them and demonstrating on a device. So it, it wasn't too bad. My pros mainly, I, this is my first time opening up Skype for years. Right. I've realized on the features that I've seen that you can actually now use Skype to actually share a lesson. Right. So right. playing around with the different learning platforms is something that we as teachers now are getting more involved in. Um, it helps to implement teamwork. For my department, we discussed how are we going to come together and share lessons so it doesn't be so tedious on one person. Um, also, I've learned during the professional development and the period, the first part of this pandemic, that you have platforms where you can actually assess students, formally assess them. And so that's one of mm -hmm. the pros that we have now. And it's more of gaining more knowledge on the different types of learning apps available to engage students face-to-face um, -face as well as virtually in the virtual environment. So even though we tend to do the virtual school now and then we will transition into the blended or hybrid school that we intend to, we can still then use these platforms in the classroom. But of course, you know that we'll need the smart boards, you'll need the projector and the speakers and all of those different stuff. So I'm looking forward to it, to have a great adventure and hopefully that the students and their parents are all involved. Yes, and passing it over straight to the parents right now. You hear that? They are hoping that all the parents are involved. Uh, Janelle, so these teachers right now have, have expressed all the pros of this pro, pro, I mean, this virtual platform. I, and I try to figure out where, where's the win for the parents in this as well, because she really put the, the, the call on you all. So um, your kid now has been, I, I think, now two weeks or three weeks into virtual schooling. What have been some of the benefits thus far? except for the part of not dropping them to school. Um, okay, well, I, just to be clear, so I do have a daughter who's in the 10th grade, but I also have a toddler who is three. So that's a challenge in itself, to be home all day with both of them. Um, the, the pros, there definitely are pros and cons to this, right? Um, I mean, I'm grateful that we have this option. It's not ideal, but at least we have it, right? So we're making the best of that situation. Uh, so this is her second week in school. And let's, let's, uh, let's start with the pros. So that's the pro. We have, the, we have this platform and we're grateful for it. You know, the teachers are working hard. Um, so there's that. The other pro is actually a pro and a con. I've become her personal assistant. Like I've literally, I just called her. I was like, oh, you have a meeting <laughs> at 12 tomorrow. Oh, what's this? What's that? You know, so I schedule everything. I'm so involved and you have to be so involved in everything right. as opposed to school. I dropped her and I really don't know what she's doing until she comes home. Right. Like I'm not, right. I don't have to know anything. Um, so that's a pro and a con. I get to know a lot more of what she's doing, exactly what she's doing, what's supposed to be due, when it's due, all this kind of stuff. 
Um, but that's also a con because it's just exhausting trying to keep up <laughs> with so much information and so many different platforms. I have three um, portals of for her to check her work, to check meetings, to check this, to check that. And now, and two WhatsApp groups, like it's insane. So I have to, I schedule every evening to look at emails, both portals and WhatsApp. I mean, it's a full-time job. So there, there it's, it's, it's a lot and I'm not tech savvy. I won't lie. So, <laughs> so that is also a con. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall it's been going very well. I think a mic actually came out just now. So, Alex, I want to keep this positive trend going on. What have been some of the pros that you have experienced with this virtual platform thus far? I think I shared the same pros as her in regards as a parent. Um, no traffic. <laughs> um, yeah, no you know, being more involved with the, the teachers, um, knowing what's going on, what she's focusing on in school. Um, it is time consuming because me having a full-time job and also um, trying to organize her work um, in school and making sure she has everything set up. Um, I think that's that in itself, like she said, it was a, a full-time job. Um, so my, my pro was just knowing um, what she has going on, um, having that one-on-one -on -one, um, relationship with the teacher more because I can't physically talk, like see you, but we can email each other or um, jump on a Google Meet um, or on the telephone and say, okay, here's where Olivia's at, here's what she needs to improve on, and having that closer relationship with the teacher. Um, and, yeah, I think that that's some of my pros that I, I would mention. Okay. All right. All right. So I know Dr. Ferguson, right before I had to start from just now, he's getting ready to list off a lot of cons for me. So I, I, I wonder, Dr. Ferguson, what yes, are sir. the challenges you've experienced thus far? Uh, and don't push it down all on me, but what are some of the challenges you've experienced thus far uh, with this, this virtual platform? Well, for one, as the instructor, the first major challenge that I had to overcome was actually having the resources that I needed to have. Um, when you're in the classroom, for the most part, it's just a chalk and talk, and you have some written notes that you can work with as you're teaching. But now that you're home and you have to teach virtually, you need so much more. You, you, you're going to need a, a a smart device, whether it is a laptop, a tablet, or something that has the capacity for you to write on so that you can give instructions to your students. Then you're going to need to have well-prepared notes. Well, I'm sure every faculty and every teacher, they do have their own notes, but in terms of notes for presenting to students so that the students can help, that was a huge challenge when we had to switch to this online platform in March. It was a mad rush to try to create notes, handouts, materials so that you can have it up online for the students to have access to. You wanted to have your notes ahead of time so that 
when the students came to your meetings or came to your classes, they already had the basis of what you were going to do. And the only thing you had to do as the instructor was just highlight or add to it so that the students can have the complete package. Internet was another issue. Many teachers, including myself, we, we, we don't have the huge internet packages at, at our homes because we really didn't need it. Uh, many a times, um, the companies would call and say, do you want to upgrade your internet package? Do you want to upgrade to have the highest speed? And I always told them no, because I didn't need it. I didn't see the need to pay that extra money to have a, a higher or a, a better internet supply. Now you need it. So, and then and students don't have internet at home. The reality is that many of our students do not have access to internet at home. So when you're trying to have your class sessions online, a lot of students are sending emails saying, um, we don't have internet at home. I, I can't leave because we're on lockdown. I can't go on campus. This campus is the only place where I can get internet. And then the challenge becomes, how do you manage when how do you have the humanity where you understand their pain, but yet still have the standard whereas you, you need them to still be at a certain level in order to proceed? Major challenges we had in that regard. And then the challenge of dealing with students who are not used to this virtual learning, who are not used to meeting in an online platform. For the first couple of months, almost every class, there was a student that did not have their mic muted did not know their mic was unmuted. And yet, you know, you can hear the conversations that are going on in the background. And sometimes it, 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 it's a conversation that you need not hear. So all of those challenges added to the fact um, having the resources was a major one. But I will say once you've overcome and you, you were able to like set up your notes, like I, I, I had to switch in March for the spring semester and then I taught in the summer semester. So now this semester, it's that process of having to recreate new notes is gone because once you've done it, it makes the process of teaching online so much easier. But doing it initially without the resources was very hard. I had to borrow my nephew's laptop, not his iPad too, so that I can have a smart device to write on. But he has since told me that, uncle, I need my things back. So that's creating, <laughs> that's creating a situation where now me as the faculty member that wants to do the best that I can do to make sure the students are not disadvantaged because I cannot write and show them. And in mathematics, you got to be able to write so that yep. the students can see what you're doing. So all of those things, I guess, are con because it's it's causing me on a teacher's salary to have to find now resources to invest in these things so that my students can get the best that I can give them in this new environment. Mm, um, I see a lot of cons there, a lot of financial cons as well too. So um, to combat some of these cons, right? Uh, from Cecily, from your point of view, what stuff uh, would you would recommend to Dr. Ferguson, if any, um, to combat some of those cons? Naval, honestly, I totally agree with Dr. Ferguson wholeheartedly. Mm. And what can I say? Um, 
we have to come together and find solution for these problems. Like he said, the lack of devices, the lack of internet, internet stability. Honestly, I've been in professional development from Monday and the ministry requires us to be at work. And even then we're having difficulty with internet. So it, it's, it's confusing because at the end of the day, you do want your students to be able to access the information, access right. concepts. And even when it comes to resources, me personally, like he says, on a teacher's salary, I have to purchase myself a laptop. I have to purchase myself a projector. I have to purchase myself a speaker because my laptop isn't loud enough to play even in the classroom out of my teacher's salary. And then they requires you, they require you to use technology in the classroom. So, like I said, we have to come together and think of solutions. A lot of our students do not have devices, like he says. They their parents can't afford it. A lot of us do not have internet. We have internet issues at home, like he says. We have internet issues at work. And even now, since a lot of persons are unemployed at the moment, I found that there is a, there's a low, there's a increase in the load on the internet, even at my home. Whereas when persons were to work and I was home. Yes, yes, I share, I share the same sentiments, you know, there's it, a lot of, um, I guess a lot of people now connecting to, yes. um, you know, the internet providers here. So obviously it's gonna, you know, it's gonna put a lot of load on it for sure. So from, right. from, a parent, from a parent's perspective, um, Alex, what tips or what things would you suggest out there uh, to other parents to make this you know, smooth transition to this virtual learning platform? Well, I know this works for me. My daughter, she um, was in the third grade. She's going to grade four now. Um, it's just, first and foremost, you have to organize yourself. You have to set that routine, you know, um, and that's from waking up to bedtime. Um, they're so laxed in the summertime. Oh, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock and, and whatever, or I don't have to go wake up extra early to beat traffic to go to school. I can, you know, jump on my Google Classroom at um, 9 or 10 o'clock. And they're fine with that. But setting, organizing your time and establishing that daily routine for your for your child um, is a good tip that I, I do with my daughter. Another tip would be um, have those breaks in between. You know, children, they're sitting at the computer. Their, their brain is not used to just sitting at the computer all day, every day in class. So when school gives you those little breaks, um, allow them to take their breaks outside instead of just go sit down in front of the TV, um, which is another type of screen, you know, watch TV and then say, oh, I got to go back to classroom. Allow them to take like mental breaks outside and play, get some vitamin D in their life, you know, from the sun. Yes, um, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I, I feel like my daughter, I have to force her to go outside and, and play. And I'm like, who does that? I remember my mom growing up she used to force me to come be inside from a, you know like get inside but now it's like oh mommy I don't want to go outside she's so caught up on the tablets and the laptops and the tvs in between breaks and I was like okay it's time for mental break go outside and go play ride your bike do something you know um so it was just 
setting that that break, having breaks in between the classes, mm-hmm. um, and and organizing yourself, you know, again. Like I said, having that one-on-one connection with the teacher because your children are not physically in the, the classroom. Uh, and for me, I'm the type of parent I like to know what's going on all of the time. And I'm organizing everything for her. But I also want to see from her teacher's perspective um, where can she improve, like what areas she can improve on, you know, because it's going to be challenging where she's not. Okay, hi, teacher. Um, can I stand by your desk and you show me how to do this long division or or whatever, um, is just getting that connection with the teacher and, com- and have an open communication with that teacher. So those were some of my, I guess, tips, mm-hmm. I would say, for parents, for, for kids who are at the primary level. Right. Janiel, what say ye? What, what tips would you give the parents right now listening to this podcast? Um, well, I completely agree with Alex. Like those, I, I have that written down. Um, scheduling outside time is important. Um, and, and sticking to a schedule, you'll want to slack on it because it's just a lot going on. But you have to stick to a schedule. Um, the biggest thing was making a desk area for her, like a special school area, not the dining table, not the coffee table, definitely not her bedroom, which was her number one choice. So I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, but I also didn't want to pay for a desk, like $300 for um, you know, a desk that hopefully she's just going to use for a couple of months or whatever. Right. Um, so I made one and uh, I'll send you pictures. It actually came out really good. And I made her join me to, and I mean, she fought that. Oh, she don't want to do this. She doesn't want to make a desk. She doesn't want to make a space, but I made her decorate it and get into it. And afterwards she was very happy. She was like, oh, mommy, thank you for helping me or making me do it. Um, so that was a big thing, the making a space. Cause now she goes down there she, and when she takes her lunch break, she steps away from the desk, right? It's a whole new space. Um, and she actually doesn't do her homework at the desk. She can do her homework in the room, which makes it another space, right? So she doesn't feel confined in one space all day. Cause she does school from eight 30 till three with just regular lunch break and break and a break time one or two. Um, So that was, that was a big thing having uh, that desk space. Um, It, you know, however, I think the, yeah, sticking to a schedule was the, is the biggest thing I would say. Don't let them slack and you can't slack either. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I have something to say concerning the scheduling, sticking to the schedule. And, and me and some of my, my some of my colleagues and I, we had this discussion, try um, being concerned about what happens when parents go to work and leave their kids at home. Who do they leave their kids with? I am also a parent, but I have to be to work, and my son is, has virtual learning. All of the adults in my home goes to work in the mornings. What do I do? How do I make sure that my child is stays on schedule? Mm-hmm. So, so as a parent, right? So you you're multitasking right now because you're a parent and an educator, right? Yes. What what's what tips would you share um, for parents who are you you have to leave your your physical home and teach on that day? What tips would you share for parents who have that that same struggle as you? Like what 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 suggestion would you give them? 
I have no suggestion. I'm also trying to find a solution because at this point I'm losing sleep. My son's school <laughs> on Monday. He starts on Monday and I have, I have to be to work on Monday. Wow. His father also has to be to work on Monday. Mm, so this actually poses a challenge, especially, and you know what, that is actually something that was spoken on the radio recently um, of parents having, you know, this is this is one of the realities where we want to discuss this here, here as well too, not just parents who have that flexibility um, to work from home and, and be able to multitask between them and their kids. So that is one of the hugest challenge, ch challenges I think that a lot of parents are trying to navigate through. I could share a suggestion um, from my aunt. What she had to do was it, she had to take on the added cost. And that was to, you know, to hire somebody to, to you know, basically oversee a kid uh, while he's at a virtual school. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that if you can afford that. But like right, Dr. Exactly. says, on your teacher's salary, where you don't have to take out of your paycheck to buy resources to make sure that other person's children are learning then what where does that leave you for your own child right right no that is a challenge that is a challenge that is a challenge for sure um so dr ferguson you're speaking about virtual school and you think this is the new reality uh moving forward um everything being virtual i know you know everything is becoming digitized we are you know moving things from actual files to digital files you know so where do you think this virtual learning is going to lead us? Do you think this is the new future? Personally, I think it's an interesting platform, but it can never replace the face-to-face -face instruction that a teacher can give a student. I am hoping that the powers to be, whether it is government or private institutions, they see the importance of having um, smart devices in the classroom and they will make that a mandate that every classroom will be outfitted with smart devices that they will have uh, a, a working projector a working um drop board mics speakers everything that the teacher need so that the teacher can be comfortable with these devices so that when you are in the classroom it will make the learning experience more enjoyable for the student. Also with virtual learning, um, as a teacher, I realized that I can cover more material in the virtual platform because the time that you would spend writing on the board and having the students copy, that's a huge amount of time that is spent teaching. But now, if everything's presented already, um, you you don't have to have that time where the students are using it to write down what you're doing. It's just now a matter of having them fill in one or two components. But my hope is that uh, powers to be will see the importance of this virtual learning and incorporate it when our kids go back to the face-to-face, -face, making it a mandate that all classrooms have these devices inside it to enhance the learning experience. But the virtual learning will never, in my opinion, be able to replace that face-to-face -face interaction. Because me as a mathematician, I need that. I need to see my students. I need to see what they're doing. I need to, when my students have a question, I need them, I need to be able to walk over and, and look at what they're saying 
trying to say so that I can point to them where exactly that they're going wrong. I can't do that in a virtual world. Students are trying to explain what they're doing. They're trying to, to quote the math formula, but what they're saying and what I'm writing is a disconnect. So yes, we will probably keep the virtual learning, but incorporate it, not replace face-to-face. -face. Not, not use it to replace, okay. Oh. Okay, so I like cooperation. So one, it goes hand in hand because that actually leads me into my my um, other question. This is a basically open for a question here. Um, and it's in regards to the social development of kids. So, you know, these kids have experienced um, a different era completely. Uh, I think something different than none of us has ever faced before, uh, where, you know, the summers were, you know, inside, uh, you know, now the school year starts at home, virtually inside. So how do, what tips would you guys suggest in regards to uh, what we can do for kids to ensure that they continue on, the, on their social development path? What stuff would we could suggest? Because you know, they're not able to play with their friends or interact anymore in the physical sense. But what stuff would you suggest to parents right now to ensure that social interaction or that social development is still ongoing? Um, I guess I'll, I'll start because I have a teenager and, uh, you know, there, a lot of their social life is already on social media. That's how she socializes a lot of the time anyway. So the transition wasn't huge for her. Um, but I think now six months in, she is definitely feeling, um, the lack of, you know, face to face where they now, I think that was, it's almost a positive that came out of it. In terms of, you know, I watch her go to like parties and they'll all still sit on their phones. I think this will shift them to actually be engaged with the person um, for the first time in their kind of era. As, as weird as that sounds, she misses True. seeing True. people. She misses looking at them. And, you know, she has seen no other person her age other than her one cousin for six months. That's crazy. Right, that, right. That's insane. But the transition was at, at least not so hard. I couldn't imagine having a, a kid in the third grade where they're not on social media. Their interaction is face to face. That would be very hard. Um, yeah, it the transition, at least for her, wasn't so bad because she is a lot on social media. Right, it right. Forced me though to open her up. I'm very strict with her social media though. Like I am in everything, but I did have to relax a little because um, I had to give her a little bit, not too much, a little bit more privacy because she had no other way to to really talk to her friends, if that makes sense. Yeah, that was the only way to connect, right? That's the only way to connect, and social um, connection is so important. I, it, it'll like um, the previous I'm so sorry who the person was but he just said it won't ever replace this will never be the replacement for our socialization it's the development part of it and that's what her school keeps saying they're pushing for her school to open because research has showed the one-on-one -on -one with teachers and one-on-one -on -one with their peers will never replace what we're doing 
it, they're, wow. they're suffering. Wow. Their mental health is suffering. They've incorporated a huge part of their curriculum of um, counseling. Right. So they do weekly counseling, their school meeting tomorrow, their lunch meeting is a counseling meeting. Um, and, you know, we have to then look at how much depression this is causing on our kids. Wow. You know, yes. people really need to be aware of the depression factor. Yes, no, that is true. Alex, what you have to say ye on this on this topic? What what um I agree whole I agree wholeheartedly with what she just mentioned. Um having a third grader, um, it was kind of challenging in the beginning because she's like, Mommy, I want to see my friends. <laughs> and it's like we're in a situation where now uh, where COVID exists and you can't be around, you know, with the social distance, you can't be around your friends right now. So just trying to explain that to them and, and have them to understand. But some of the, some things that I have, what I've done was just met with our friends, parents, um, on a call on the phone and say, Olivia wants to um, have a face-to-face -face video chat with, with, X, Y, and Z, whoever friend is, and, and that's how they would interact. But it, it doesn't replace of, okay, be running in the schoolyard together, um, just playing tag or, or just, you know, sitting down, having lunch together. She misses that social interaction. And she's, I mean, my child is kind of a, a loner in essence where she can just sometimes sit by herself and, and be her own company. But from time to time, she does miss um, interacting with her friends um, and playing with them. So no, I, I I agree with you. I agree with you, Cole, on that, Alex. Because even me, um, I'm a homo, right? So I love staying home. And literally, uh, I've been itching every second of the day of asking asking Dana. So when we can go out again, you know? So you know? So it is. It, it does play a huge, huge. Or yeah. play, uh, takes a huge toll on our. The psychological effect as well. Janelle brought up a, a huge point in regards to our yeah. mental health as well. Um, that's something that we really have to be cognizant about. And just knowing the effect this is having on our kids right now. Um, yeah. So, Dr. Ferguson, let me let me hear something from you in regards to um, other 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 tips and suggestions you could give some of our college learners, right? So obviously, you know, you've been tutoring me. Uh, for the past couple of years, and I, I'm hoping that I've made you proud, especially in mathematics. Um, so what what suggestions would you give to the college listener right now who's maybe battling, you know, transitioning from being in the classroom at the University of the Bahamas or, or even at U University of the West Indies in the Caribbean, um, going from in the classroom now being at home on the virtual platform? What, what suggestions would you give to set them up for success? I think one of the first things that I would say is you need to make sure you have accurate information for what you're going to need for that particular class. Understanding that every class is different, um, but at the very least, you're going to need to make sure you have um, a reliable internet supply or source. Then you're going to need the resources. Um, you're going to need preferably a, a, a laptop, a smart laptop, because the laptop would allow you to do the touch screen, but it would also allow you to be able to type your, your assignments and everything else that you're going to have to do to turn in. You're going to need a headset. Um, I, I'm teaching classes now, and many of the students refuse to talk. 
they're always writing the comments. And if you're ever in Zoom or Teams and, and you have something up on the main screen, you can't monitor the main screen and also the chat conversation at, at the same time. So if students don't have a microphone to chime in so that the professors can hear what they're actually saying, then you're gonna find yourself at a disadvantage because not that the faculty member doesn't wanna read what you say, they just don't have the time to keep pausing to looking at the, the chat conversation to see if anyone's saying anything in there. You're also gonna need a scanner and a printer, things that we, we've taken for granted because we've always been able to print at work or print at school because as your professors send you assignments, more than likely it's probably gonna be something that you're gonna to have to fill out, write, scan, and submit it back. Those are the basic things that you're gonna need. And it's unfortunate that many of our students today do not have those resources, but at the university, and I always tell my students, I, I really don't wanna be cold when I say this, but at the university, there's a standard that I need you to be at. I understand that um, COVID is happening and you may not have the resources to get these things. And it may be hard for you to take, but you might wanna sit this semester out until we can go back to a face-to-face -face learning where you don't have to spend this added finances to get the things that you're gonna need to cope. I, 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 if that makes sense, because we want to ensure that our students are the best. And I don't ever want to give a student a grade and have an asterisk next to it to say, oh, this grade is because of COVID when I had to take it easy. As the professor, I, I, the reality is I think I have to treat COVID the way I would treat any other personal thing that's going on in your life. It's something that you have to deal with, but in the, in the same time, I need you to be where I need you to be so that you can get the work done. And we, at the university, we, we, we get to be a little bit rougher than at, at the teachers <laughs> might be at, at, the, at the high school level. I've heard that. I've heard because that. I've heard that, man. I've heard we get that. to be a little rougher because the reality is these are now adults. I know these are our kids, but these kids are adults and should be treated as such. Um, I have I've received plenty of emails even today where students they are students are at the university but it is unfortunate that the government has chosen to to do the BGCSE exam starting Monday and now the students are looking to us to give them breaks to give them assistance to take time off um, but the reality is this is a personal matter that you're dealing with outside of class you will have to find a way to manage Right, right. No, man. Useful thoughts, useful, useful tips there. Cecily, Mrs. Flowers, I may say, uh, what suggestions would you give to that parent right now whose kid is um, going from the traditional way of learning now? They're, you know, going to be doing this schooling at home. What suggestions would you give? Well, first of all, we would like, well, in my opinion, we would like for the students to at least try and enter into the lessons on time because we will be taking attendance and to ensure that the assignments are completed because even during in March when I created, I was assisting on the ministry's 
virtual learning program, as well as I was doing something on the side for my personal students. And I would put assignments out and say, you know what, you have about three days or I'll do something where you have one assignment and it's due within a week's time. And sometimes more than 50% of the students never even turned in anything. They never attempted the assignments. So that's a concern um, teachers do have. Also, like he said, purchase the resources as best as you can. You do need a device. And like he, like Dr. Ferguson said, the tablet, the laptop will be your best option when it comes to actually typing because I also have an iPad and I find it more difficult to use the iPad than when I'm using my laptop. So if you can purchase a laptop. Good stuff, good stuff. Guys, I wanna thank each and every one of you for joining me this afternoon. Um, it's been an interesting conversation. Um, I've heard the same sentiment straight across the board. We can coexist virtually, but it will never replace. All right, so thank you all for joining us on this amazing podcast. If you wanna check out any of our additional podcasts in regards to mental health, financial health, or nutrition, check out our Zest Wellness CGI blog at www.zestwellnesscgi.com blog.com. Thank you, everybody.